This is the One Fine Bay Podcast, an extension of the OneFindBay.net blog. Here are your hosts, Amanda and Garrett, lifelong horse owners, as they take you along their crazy horse adventures, sharing tips and tricks along the way. Welcome to episode five of the One Fine Bay podcast. And on this episode, we're going to talk about how to control flies. It's March. We finally made it to spring, which means longer hours of daylight, hopefully warmer temps, and more time spent in the barn. And unfortunately, the beginning of fly season. Flies are the bane of most horse owners' existence, and while we love more hours of sunlight and warmer temps that spring and summer bring, we also have to deal with flies. Flies breed and proliferate wherever there's warmth, moisture, and decaying organic matter. In other words, your barns and pastures are ground zero for lots of flies. The species most at issue around horses in North America are the common house fly, the stable fly, and the horn fly. So how can you control flies around your barn? Unfortunately, not any one method works on its own. It kind of takes a multi-pronged approach to keep them at bay. The number one most important way to control flies, frankly, is just to keep everything clean. Cleaning the stalls as often as you can, several times a day if possible. Keeping all the manure, not just out of the stalls, but away from the barn to the extent that you can get it far away from the barn is best. They say flies typically only travel about a quarter of a mile from where they hatch out of their eggs. So if you can get your manure pile, you can get it into dumpsters, you can get it away from the barn, a quarter of a mile, if possible, would be the ideal range. If not, just the farther the better. Aside from the stalls and the inside of the barn, it's important to try and keep all your turnout areas cleaned as well. In the summertime when you're mowing and the manure piles get hit by the mower, you'd think that would help, but it actually just makes things worse. It spreads it around. So it's really important to keep turnouts clean, stalls clean, the barn aisles clean, anywhere that there might be manure near the barn, you've got to pick it up. And it's not just manure that causes problems. It's water. Anywhere that there's moisture, whether it's urine in the stalls, whether it's near water buckets, near water tanks outside, if you've got a leaky hose that always leaves water, that's where flies are going to lay eggs. One of the important things to do when you're cleaning stalls as well, in addition to getting the manure out, is to get the urine out. And while some people have concrete floors, which makes it a little easier to clean in their stalls, maybe you have rubber mats, maybe you have dirt floors in your stalls, we use something called PDZ powder. And we use it year-round because in the wintertime when the barn's closed up, it really helps with the ammonia smell. But it's a powder you just sprinkle down, and there's lots of different brands of it. But it really helps to absorb the moisture and absorb the ammonia smell that's really potent and can attract flies and all kinds of things from a longer distance away. Also keeping clean shavings in, the smell of fresh shavings actually helps to mask some of the smell um, that you find with in, in stalls. So that'll really help keep um, flies from finding these places as, as much as possible. The second thing that we do that really seems to help. So wait, you're telling me that I just have to do more cleaning and more cleaning and more cleaning. Yeah, basically. Just well, so we're clear. Just so we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> this really just means more work. Yeah. More, all the way around. More work. Okay, got it. Yeah, just be prepared. Check. 
one thing we can do with work though is get some help and we get help with the work with fly predators fly predators have really been popularized over the last few years um, there's a company called spalding fly predators is kind of the original from what i can tell um, smart pack of course um, has a way you can order fly predators from them what these are is they're tiny parasitic wasps and don't let that scare you. They are absolutely harmless to people and animals. That kind of scares me a little bit. I'm sure it scares you a little <laughs> bit. You don't want to think of bringing thousands of wasps into the barn. <laughs> hey, if it'll kill flies, I'm all for it. They only kill flies, amazingly enough. Um, you can barely see them. I mean, they're smaller than ants. They, they really are tiny. They come in a plastic bag and they're little bitty eggs that look like a grain of rice. And they ship them to you automatically like once a month. And for one to five horses, they say you should have about 5,000 of them in these bags. So you order it by the number of horses in your barn. And it's pretty slick. Um, you just get the little bag and you watch for them to start hatching. And as soon as you see a few of them moving around in the bag, you take and sprinkle them anywhere that there is manure. Because what these little things are going to do is they actually destroy the larvae of the flies before they can hatch. And so they're actually eating that and destroying them so that you don't even have flies hatching. They don't have to kill live flies. You sprinkle them around inside the stalls, outside in your turnout pins, anywhere where it's wet, like we said, around hoses, water tanks, anywhere that larva might be. These individual little fly predators really only travel less than 150 feet. So you can't dump them in one spot and expect them to take over your whole place. You really do have to kind of walk around your pastures, if your horse has a favorite spot where they always go in the same pin, put it out there, kind of in those areas, and they will really, really help. Um, since flies travel farther than the fly predators do, you can actually kind of make a perimeter around your place with the fly predators to keep the flies from coming and going and, and getting near the barn. The fly predators, like we said, can come on an automatic shipment. It's about 24 bucks a month for the one to five horse Kind of range uh, which is about 5,000 of them and you do that every single month. Um, you want to start early if you go to the website go to Spalding Fly Predators website they have a cool map on there that basically tells you when you should start this based on the temperatures in your area. So here we're kind of in the middle south in Oklahoma they say to start in March in the deep south they actually have you starting in late January and February so you can go to and look at the map and see when you should be getting your first order of fly predators in. All right, the next um, approach that you can do to help control flies is to feed a, um, a feed-through fly control. If you want to use this method, now is the time to get your horses started on it. You really need to get it going before you start seeing flies for it to really take hold and work. Um, my vet actually recommended um, using this um, last summer when she was visiting a client of hers, which is, has a large hunter-jumper lesson barn, and she noticed that they had very little flies, which they attributed to using Simply Fly, a feed-through fly control by Farnham. So we tried it last year, but got started on it kind of later, um, spring, early summer, and definitely noticed a reduction in the number of flies, but we would have seen even more if we had started it earlier before the flies even started to hatch. Um, so this year I started it, oh gosh, probably just a couple weeks ago, so probably mid-February, um, and I recommend you do the same. So if you're interested in doing the feed-through fly control, go ahead and get some ordered and start your horses on it right away. Um, so how does the feed-through 
flight control or feed through insect growth regulators, IGRs, if you want to get fancy. Very um, technical. I know. How do they work? So two of the most common IGRs are diflubenzurin, that's used in Farm Farnum Simplify, and cryo cryomazine, which is used in Zoetis's Solitude IGR. Both work by inhibiting the formation of chitin, which is the primary structural component of the cuticle or skin of the fly larva. Female flies lay eggs in dark, moist areas such as rotting organic matter, mainly manure, and these eggs develop into larvae and then mature into flies. It's just all disgusting. But when a horse is consistently fed a product like these, the insect growth regulator in the pellets prevent the formation of fly larva exoskeletons when they molt, thus resulting in their death. So that way you will not have any adult flies be able to hatch from their egg, I guess their larvae stage. Mm -hmm. So this um, significantly interrupts the fly life cycle, thus hopefully limiting the population of adult flies in your barn. Um, some, owner, some horse owners might be concerned about feeding a product that prevents fly larva development, but there's really no need to worry. Simplify Larvicide was formulated to work in horse's manure and not in his body. So your horse isn't ingesting or absorbing any of that into their system. It's literally just being passed through in their manure to help destroy the flies, the fly larva. Um, you will usually start to see benefits within two to six weeks of starting your horses on it. Um, the only downfall uh, from the only downfall of feeding this is that it's fairly expensive. You're looking at about thirty dollars for a sixty day supply of Simplify and thirty dollars for a twenty eight day supply of Solitude IGR. And pretty much every horse in the barn needs to be on it. If you have you know a horse of an eight stall barn and only two horses are on it, it's really not going to help. Every single horse has to be on it. Um, we actually have a friend who has a boarding barn who just simply requires all horses to be on it and includes the cost of it in their board. So if you have a boarding barn, you might want to consider that option. Um, if you are boarding your horse somewhere and you put your horse on it but none of them else are on it, you're probably wasting your money. You're going to have to kind of manage flies a different way. So we also have horses and cows around us and they don't get simplify or anything like that. So, you know, we're still going to have some adult flies flying around. That's the only downfall of it, but we really definitely noticed a difference in the adult fly population when we started using it last summer. If your horse is a picky eater, he may not eat the pellets, but they are alfalfa based and they only get a tiny little scoop. And so far, all of my horses eat them with no problems. Horses are used to getting lots of supplements, <laughs> so there's never one thing in their grain. There's always something in there with it. It's just another supplement that actually does work. One of the other most popular ways to help with flies in the barn is using fly traps. Lots of people use fly traps. So this actually was really interesting to me when we were doing the research for this episode. One of the things I didn't realize is the different types of flies only respond to certain types of traps. So depending on what kind of flies are in your barn, the fly traps you get may not even be very helpful. And then for certain types, you use different things, put them in different locations, actually. So that was kind of interesting. I mean, we're all familiar with the basic types of fly traps. There are the bag ones that you put some water in and mix with a scent. There are the hard plastic ones that the flies fly into and get stuck. There are sticky traps that you, you've seen those, you kind of uncurl them out of the little tube and they hang there and flies just get stuck on them. 
we've always been partial to the the bags or the plastic ones because you can add the water in there. They do have a little bit of a smell to them, but it's not terrible. I don't like the sticky traps. You have to hang them on something, and inevitably the wind's going to blow them around. They're going to blow up against the stall. They're going to blow up against the wall. They're going to get stuck to it. They're going to leave goo all over everything. Just nasty. Yeah. Nasty, sticky. Gross. Gross stickers of flies. We've heard stories <laughs> of birds getting stuck in them, even if you have small birds in the barn or... Which you we know. get hummingbirds yeah. in our barn all the time. We are constantly getting hummingbirds trapped in our barn. Yeah, we don't want them stuck in a sticky fly trap. That would be sad. So we use the either the bag ones or the plastic ones. These rely on different methods themselves. Some it's a color. Some it's the smell of the scent that you put in there. Um, they usually last a few weeks. They can either either dry out and you need to throw them away, or they can frankly get full. We've had some that just got full and they start to smell. Smell really bad. So you, they are literally called trap and toss. You they get full and you just throw them away and and hang a new one. They're pretty inexpensive. But what was interesting is that it's best to use a couple of different types of traps. So you know, last year I think we had two or three traps going at any time, but they were always the same one. I'm anxious to try this year couple of different types of traps at any given time and, and see if it makes a difference. The The two main types of flies that we get in North America, you get house flies and stable flies. They are attracted to two very different things. Uh, stable flies are also called biting stable flies. They tend to stay lower on the horses, so those ones you're going to see around their legs. They are the most sensitive to light, and they're looking for warmth at all times. So the, the traps that you use for those are these kind of reflective traps. And a lot of times they're sticky, but they're not like the tape sticky traps. But you want to actually hang those lower in the barn um, and somewhere where light can get to them a little bit. So we're thinking maybe we'll hang these underneath feed buckets or something like that. So they're down kind of lower where um, they would normally be around the horse's legs. The others... The house flies are the ones that you see around their ears, on their faces. They're a little bit bigger than the biting stable flies. Um, but we'll use kind of the standard traps and maybe two different types of those even um, this year to try and help with that. But hang them outside the barn in some cases because they actually are an attractant. So you could be bringing flies from the outside in unintentionally to these traps. So we're going to try hanging them, you know, kind of around on the outside of the barn. We have porches and overhangs on either side of the barn. Um, so we may try hanging them out there and see if we can't do something that way. One of the other things, aside just from traps, that, that is really helpful in a barn is fans. Moving air makes it harder for flies to land on your horse's legs and, you know, get up by their ears and everything. So if you put box fans um, on their stalls, if you have overhead fans in their stalls, make sure and keep those on as much as you can because those really do help um, to keep the flies out of their stalls. So if you have kept your place as clean as possible, you're using fly predators, you're feeding a feed-through fly control, um, you have hung fly traps and you still have flies, which I'm sorry to say, Yes, you will probably still have flies. Those things just are insane. Um, there are some natural or homemade fly repelling remedies out there to try. I have never wanted an overhead um, fly spray system in our barn. I know lots of barns have them. Um, our horse trainer uses one. He absolutely loves it. I just always hated the idea of toxic chemicals 
constantly raining down on me and my horses. So we avoid that um, and try and use some less toxic remedies too. Apparently, um, studies have shown that flies, as well as other insects, actually hate the smell of pine saw. So we learned this trick from one of my horse trainers um, quite a few years ago and use it in our barn too. After we're done cleaning stalls, we pour a little bit of pine saw into a watering can and then fill it with water and then sprinkle it down the alleyway of our barn. It evaporates and leaves a light scent of pine saw behind, thus hopefully repelling the flies away from the barn. And it's one of those tricks that I kind of forget about until midsummer when the flies are really bad. And then I'm like, oh, I need to be using the pine saw. And it never fails. Once I start doing it, I notice a significant kind of decrease of flies, at least flying around the main part of the barn. And the barn smells nice. And it smells nice. Um, other studies have actually shown that flies hate the smell of essential oils like lemongrass, peppermint, lavender, and eucalyptus. So you can put a few drops of those in a spray bottle and kind of use that around the barn on a daily basis. Um, flies also hate the smell of camphor, which is a traditional moth deterrent, which you can buy online and use in the barn too. I haven't tried any of these on flies yet, but I'm definitely gonna try it this summer because um, it'll actually make your barn smell good too. Um, I actually use peppermint oil to keep mice out of my feed and tack rooms. I pour in, oh, say maybe an eighth of a bottle of peppermint oil into a spray bottle, fill it with water, and then spritz it around my feed room and tack room, making sure to really hit the threshold of the doors and corners. And I really noticed a major decline in the mice and mice droppings that we saw in the barn this winter. Um, plus it's non-toxic, makes my feed and tack room smell really good. And we have, a, we have dogs and barn cats, and I won't use rat poison. And I really hate to use mouse traps. It just seems kind of cruel and would rather repel them than kill them. So if the peppermint oil worked on mice, I'm anxious to see if it'll work to help kill flies this, or at least repel flies this season. We'll try everything at yeah. this point. <laughs> I think that's all we have for this episode. Um, if you all have any other comments questions, suggestions uh, about these items or, or anything else. Um, we'll do a follow-up episode to this one on fly sprays, fly sheets, masks, all that fun stuff that we'll use uh, more when summer gets going and, and we're all under attack from the flies. <laughs> Let us know if you have any comments or questions. You can follow us uh, on Instagram at one underscore fine underscore bay. And as always, check out the blog, onefinebay.net. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Here's to a fly-free spring and summer. Cheers to that. <laughs>